Hydra's henchmen, geeks and geekettes. I am Pendragon here, the resident Kryptonian. And of course, I am always joined by my friend and yours. He is the Gotham Knight, my man Cody. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are Talk Geekly, bringing the latest and the greatest from comic books to video games and so much more from the geek culture. And boy, oh boy, do we have some heavy and intense books for you guys this week. But first... And foremost, Tom, how, how's your week been? What have you been up to? I know you've been working on that new game, and I've been seeing some really awesome developments. So what's been going on with that project? Well, definitely making some some moves with that one, uh, adding a lot of animation to the Metroidvania-style video game that I've currently got in progress. But I got to be honest with you, um, this week has just been insane, and I'm so excited to get this episode on on the road on the you know on the ball because we got a lot of stuff to talk about there was definitely a lot of crazy news all week and i'm sure you would agree like it's just how do you even pick what to talk about i have no idea and i mean i guess that really leads us into and another awesome thing we're going to be doing hopefully after this we're going to be breaking down the nintendo direct and blizzcon in a little bit more of an intimate setting where we're going to kind of just be able to really cut, you know, just cut the crap with each other and and really kind of just dive into things. Yeah, so stay tuned for that as well. But of course, before we get to that kind of stuff, let's do what we always do. This week in Geek. So the biggest thing for me this week was Zack Snyder's Justice League and the new trailer for it, I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I was intrigued. You know, I usually look at these DC films as just like, let's let's look at it, let's get it over with. Hopefully it's, it's somewhat good. You know, we had Sh- Shazam. This one kind of piqued my interest a little bit. We got to see a lot of cool things in it. I'm just going to touch base real quick on some of them. The tribute to Superman's death and Dawn of Justice. I thought that was awesome. And I also loved Black Suit Superman. Uh, we got to see a whole lot of new and improved villains. I really, really enjoyed uh, Stephen Wolf's design, uh, the Nightmare uh, Joker, and uh, of course, Penna. Uh, you know, why, why don't you drop uh, the best? Oh, I think for me, the biggest thing was a full look uh, at Darkseid. You know, we've had mm. teases over the few months leading up to this, but actually, like seeing Darkseid on the screen, and I love. I love the character design. It fits in awesome. Apocalypse. Apocalypse looked beautiful. Exactly how I would envision it on screen. We got to see also some cool things too. We got to see a little bit more of a breakdown with Cyborg and Nightmare Cyborg and just everything in between. I really recommend if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out, guys. Yeah. I, uh, March 18th cannot come fast enough. Seriously. And don't forget, you'll be able to see that on HBO Max. And I bring that up because my big piece of news, one of one of the big pieces of news does relate to HBO Max, and that is the drop for the Mortal Kombat trailer. Wow. I mean, there were a lot of trailers released this week, and I got to say the Mortal Kombat one probably has me more hyped than the Justice League one. Uh, This was just insane. All the characters that you wanted to see are there. And when you compare uh, just what we got to see in this trailer to the original films from the from the 90s, 
This just feels right. And of course, we also got a little glimpse at Goro. And I gotta say, man, I know it's CG and I'm normally a like practical effects kind of guy, but the CG in this trailer, the Goro looks legit. And this yeah, is coming. Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, this was something that I, right off the rip, loved. I was a kid when the movies came out and I loved every bit of, you know, Mortal Kombat. And just like the buildup. And even though the movies are corny now, they were awesome when I was a kid. And I had that feeling watching this. I was like, yeah, dude, finally something awesome again. No, for real. I mean, we got to see Jax get his arms shattered. Freaking sweet. Uh, this will drop April 16th. We're going to be able to see it in theaters, but also once again, streaming on HBO Max. So this leads me to another really interesting, I guess, rumor, buzz floating around. Looks like medium developer, developer Blooper Team is rumored to be saying it's working on an existing horror IP from a quote-unquote very famous gaming publisher. This is leading us to speculations that it's going to be reviving uh, Konami's Silent Hill. Now, a whole lot isn't revealed, but it looks like Blooper Team CEO Piotri Babineo, once again, sorry about that, uh, told G.I. Biz he believed it would cause quite a stir once this new identity of the franchise they're working on is revealed. And it gave a little bit of a nod that it's going to be something of a throwback and it's going to be a horror IP. Now, having played the medium and have, you know, successfully completed the game, I'm excited for this because this was a very, very good and very suspenseful and just graphic and grotesque experience and i can only imagine what they do with silent hill yeah i gotta say i played a little bit of medium and it was cool definitely brought me back to the old days of the original resident evil franchise and silent hill and they they definitely seem like a studio that is capable of taking one of those classic franchises and adding a little fresh twist to it now, what I think would be a really cool twist, since it has not been confirmed, the actual IP. Hey, I mean, what if it's working with Capcom and reviving the third person, you know, Resident Evil stuff? I think that'd be pretty sweet. But if, yeah. it's, if it's Silent Hill, hey, there's nothing wrong with that franchise either. Great franchise. I'm just more of a silent uh, Resident Evil guy myself. Now, another big bombshell that was dropped this week was DC announcing two new comic book series. Uh, the first one being Batman 89. Now that actually takes place in the Tim Burton Batman universe. And then of course, we've got the Richard Donner inspired Superman 78. So that means Christopher Reeves and Michael Keaton are coming to the comics. Well, at least their likenesses. I think it's a really, uh, really cool idea. But one thing I will say is I can't help but feel that this is all set up for younger audiences. So it basically kind of prepares them for some of the alternate Earth stuff, sorry, that we are going to see in the Flash film. Yeah, I think so with everything as it stands, I think it's, it's it would be kind of cool to introduce younger audiences to 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 these, you know, characters, to these original personalities who everybody when you think of Batman and, you know, you're around our age group, this is, these are the people, you know, Batman, Superman, these are the people you think of. So I, I think it's a cool nod and tribute. Now, with that being said, um, going on what you said, what is, what is, uh, what is your, I guess, your 
ultimate outlook on this? What, what do you hope to see? Where do you think this has the potential to go? I think it's really cool. I'm not sure if it's something that I would actually keep track of. But once again, I do feel like it's just it's just set up. We know that Michael Keaton is playing one of the Batman in the Flash film. So I just can't I can't stop thinking that, you know, they're just they're doing this to kind of prepare people for that character joining the, their cinematic universe. See, the thing for me, though, is when I think of him in that, I think of him as a potential Thomas Wayne, which wouldn't be exactly i guess the role i would envision in this comic but again i could be wrong on that too um but as always you know these are just speculations so we are ending my part of the news with another game and this is another game i had a chance to play and i actually really really enjoyed it little nightmares 2 and actually the complete series could be over as the studio that's created it is going to be creating a new ip now this was actually confirmed it looks like Tarjur parent company Embracer Group revealed during its Q3 earnings that even though the game did awesome and it was well received by audiences and the consumers, the new studio is going to be focusing on creating brand new IPs. So this is it's one of those things where I thought the game's really awesome. This kills any potential for a third one, let alone any DLC. This like effectively ceases like any any sort of support too. You know, if there's any sort of bugs or anything, I would almost imagine if they're working on a new IP, this game's going to just be dead. Um, with that being said, though, it is a short game, so I wouldn't foresee a whole lot of issues happening. But just knowing that this game that just literally came out last week, the developers are pretty much moving on. You know, I got to say, I've, I've only seen some of, you know, some gameplay footage of, of this game, and it's got a really nice art style. But I, as far as the story goes, uh, this piece of news, I can't help but feel like, hey, I mean, I don't think all is all is lost. You know, a lot of studios, they do move on to new IPs, but eventually over time, they revisit some of their old stuff. So I think there is still a chance that you could see a third part uh, in the franchise. It just might be a little, you know, a little down the road. Now, my, my last bit of news is probably the one I, I've been sitting on and super excited for the most. This does harken back to when I mentioned the Flash movie. But after Warner Brothers auditioned more than 425 actresses for the role of Supergirl, well, the young and the restless actress, Sasha Kale, she landed the role. Uh, really, watching the video of her finding out it, it was just cool, like seeing the emotion and how happy she was to get this opportunity. I already am sold on this girl. Um, I, I believe that she's going to bring that same passion to the screen. But of course, you know, the Internet, they love controversial, controversial stories. And obviously with her being a brunette and of Latin descent, not a lot of people are happy about that. I, for one, am like, bring it on. I want to see what this girl can do in the role. And we've got to remember, the Flash film is going to have a lot of alternate Earth stuff going on. So who's to say she has to play, you know, your your typical Supergirl character? No, absolutely. On that, on that, that's exactly what it is. We don't know what Supergirl she is. And if even if she is of, you know, the one of... of this universe or you know whatever whatever universe you're hoping 
who gives a fuck? You know, we gotta get, we gotta get over. We have to get over the idea that these comic book heroes that we read in a piece of, you know, a book with papers, you know, pages, not doesn't necessarily need to be dictated by a person of that skin color on the screen. You know, the potential for the actor and I think how, how that person can exhibit the traits that we read and we feel through the character, that that's what we need to focus on. Well said. For sure. Well said. But enough of that rant. Um, let's get to what, you know, I'm really excited for, and I know you are too, Tom. Let's uh let's get into some geekly comic books. Fresh holes. Okay, what a freaking week it's been. We already said a lot of crazy news, but also a lot of good books hitting the shelves. And I'm going to start off with a little DC offering. Um, I had another chance to jump into a future state book, and that is Superman Worlds of War number two. Um, What really got me with this book is just the the visual storytelling so this book starts off with the the character that we met in issue one who explained that she was saved by clark kent and not superman and she is she basically gives a story that was written by clark in the paper to another character and that's the story that we see on you know in the book as far as actual narrative is happening But for me, the real story is the visual story. So as you're reading this news article, you're also seeing real time, like what's going on with Superman on War World. And the story is so connected to what we're seeing that the artist, you know, everything that the artist draws each panel, it doesn't necessarily, it's not about World War II. It's not about this guy that Clark's news report was about, but it fits, everything feels the same. The tonality, I really, really love it. I'm falling in love with the Superman design as well, seeing the character in this sort of He-Man look. And I I think that's a little funny, because yeah, he doesn't have a shirt, he doesn't have pants, he's just in his little underwears with this metal S on his chest that's got chains connected to to his cape. Awesome look for the character, but I want us to leave it off with, the biggest thing in this for me is actually not the Superman story, It's the Midnighter stuff. The stuff going on with Midnighter is really, really cool. And I'm actually intrigued by the character to the point where I want a standalone series that I will actually read. So, I mean, I got, I got to say, I love this Superman a lot too. The he, cause he basically is a gladiator on, on this planet. I, I would say the last issue, he was pretty much protecting that person. And I just, I love how, they they worked into how he got there too. You know they they give you tidbits here and there throughout the different issues, and it's just I'm wondering what we're leading up to because like you said, there's there's those other stories that happen, and they just give you a little. They give you just a little bite to keep you going, to keep you wanting to read. And soon we're I, I feel like we're gonna see them all meet at one point, and I'm wondering what is gonna lead to that moment. No, I'm I'm with you. Like they're doing some cool stuff with Future State. That's for sure. So with that being said, I'm so, I think you're right. I am excited for tonight's podcast because I have, 
a couple heavy hitting issues with the future state. I'm falling in love with it more and more. Let's start with Nightwing issue number two. This brings us the magistrate and peacekeeper number six to the fortress of Nightwing and the resistance. Now this this issue is just action packed and it's nonstop and it's 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 wild. We see Dick and we see Batman in this dynamic duo and it's just amazing uh, watching them fight and go hand to hand against these it's pretty much just police that are just out to murder anyone with the mask on. It also gives us kind of a, a little bit of a breakdown. Um, we see uh, two Batgirls. Uh, we see uh, Huntress and even Two-Face. Uh, this is part of Nightwing's resistance. They join the force as Batman has reached out to call them because, I mean, Nightwing was going to have a hard time. Now, the thing is, this ends with Nightwing going head-to-head with Peacekeeper number six and we see it was just beautiful they they rub in the fact that batman was killed but you see dick just bust out his baton and it just starts emitting this electrical force and he just is ruthless now this was written by andrew constant with art being done by nicola uh, scott i mean definitely sounds like this was an action-packed book for sure um how do you feel so you said this is nightwing and i know last week we had talked about uh, the the Nightwing character mis- mixed with Deathstroke. Um, so I would assume this is before that happens then because Future State has that whole multiple multiple times going on. Yeah, and, and even though we kind of broke it down, I'm still kind of mixed on that as well. I, I'm led to believe that this might be well after because there's some things happening in, in Shazam, which I'm going to talk about next, that it's kind of painting the picture for me, I guess. Um, but we have yet to kind of get to that point. Uh, and I, I am led to believe that this is going to tie the point because Future State's doing a really good job of just having that continuity that we, we see with Marvel. Uh, like Just like the Marvel movies, for best example, how it just puts little bits of the comics and other issues and this ties it all together. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about Shazam. Uh, my second book this week... Another good one. This is Cable Issue Number Eight. Uh, this is written by Jerry Dugan. We've got art from Phil Noto, and we're picking up right where we left off with Cable Number Seven. You know, he's still hunting for Strife. He has no idea what that evil version of himself is up to. But hey, I mean, it's it's Cable's mission to stop the dude, and I love what we end up having. His interaction with Domino is it's funny but not over the top funny and of course for those of you that don't know domino's mutant power is luck so we start off this issue she's hungry she wants to eat some japanese food so they head to japan and it all starts falling into place the where they go to eat he ends up running into the guy who was stealing babies in the last issue but turns out it's not the guy it's a clone of the guy. And then we end up just all kinds of crazy clone madness goes down. It's like Cable versus 12 clones of himself. Really strange. We don't even know why Strife is making these clones. And then as we get towards the end of the book here, all of a sudden we see another Cable, an older Cable. Maybe in another place or another time, we're not really sure. But this grizzled vet ends up falling for a trap, both figurative, figuratively and literally. 
Um, I am trying to read this book and have an open mind as far as where we might be headed with Strife. Even though I enjoyed the, the comedy with Domino, I gotta admit, the book started to get a little stale as we got to the end. Hopefully issue number nine picks back up again. So you said Strife is his evil self or evil twin? Yeah, so Apocalypse had cloned Cable and raised Strife to be like this ultimate evil version of him. Oh my God, that gives me, uh, what is it? The Punisher uh, Than uh, Thanos uh, vibe where uh, the Punisher, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So what's this Strife character like? Does he look like Cable? Does it, Is he sinister? Like if you could explain kind of just what he looks like. Um, yeah, like, I mean, the guy's been around for, for quite a long time in comics. Um, he's almost got, at least for me, he always has reminded me of the Silver Samurai because he's got the silver armor going on. But it's, without the armor, he, he definitely looks like Cable. But the whole thing with Strife is he's got this really pointy kind of Wolverine helmet. You know how Wolverine has those fins? He's got that kind of design to his, his armor, but it's just all silver, shiny, and some red boots. I mean, he's, he's like if you took Mr. Sinister, took Wolverine, combined them together, and just painted it chrome. <laughs> hey, and by the way, if you haven't, look at Wolverine once. Envision two Batmans kissing. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Now you can't unsee it. <laughs> But with that being said, guys, we are, oh man, I'm so excited. Shazam, Future State, Shazam, issue number two. Now we start with a glimpse into hell. It's it's Billy Batson. He's held to the door and we see, oh, I had to research this because I'm not very versed with this character. We see a glimpse of a Neron. I think that's how you say it. And he's like the demon hell lord of hell. So he's, think of, think of like the sentry, but like he has, these shoulder pads that arch up and he just his eyes are black with and they're blue uh irises so kind of think if it's giving you that vibe and this guy's pretty much like 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 satan but not trigon satan um interesting point we'll get to later so we see him just like pretty much berating billy billy's the little kid and um then we flash back to shazam he's locked up in a cell and this cell is rumored to be strong enough to hold Hercules, but not for very long. So he begins getting inter interrogated and they're asking him, you know, why did you kill these people? You know, why, you know, what caused you to do this? And then we see something really crazy happen. He's like looking at the person. He sees like a demon hiding behind them. And he just pretty much says he has to go. And he busts out of the cell, just flies out. Because at any moment he could have ripped all of them in half and they all acknowledge it. We then see Neron talking to Billy Batson and Shazam, and we see Shazam pretty much killing someone and sacrificing them to pretty much Satan uh, to get Billy. I I don't know. I don't know. We're left at that. And then we see Shazam covered in blood on the streets of, I'm led to believe, Los Angeles or one of those places with his team coming back to just subdue him. Stuff is getting crazy, guys. And it doesn't end because... It's a little bit of a spoiler, but I have to. I have to. We see Shazam get invaded by Dead Man, and he makes Shazam yell Shazam, which, if you don't know, causes Shazam to lose his powers, and he just becomes Billy Batson. So Billy Batson's no longer guarding this door in hell. And we see Raven 
emerge from this door and we see Neron, who is one of the most powerful beings in DC. To give you a basic idea, he's like invincible, bowing to Raven. And then they pretty much laugh because they're causing Shazam to go crazy. They, they pretty much split Billy from Shazam to guard this door and they tricked him and made him kill all his friends. They even had him kill Spectre with the Spear of Destiny. So Raven's unleashed. This is worse than Trigon. This this is what I'm led to believe is going to cause the end of the end. Because we have a, a period where the Teen Titans just get destroyed and then right there, Nightwing. Maybe that's what causes him to be Deathwing. Now, um, I'm sorry. I, I went on hinge there. Let me, uh, we have this written by, let me find, um, Tim Sheridan and art being done by Eduardo Panska. I love just how hyped you are for this. That's awesome. That's a good sign for a book. You know, you want people who have read something to just like really get super excited when they're talking about it. And I could definitely feel that, uh, especially towards the end there. Um, but what I, what I would like to kind of touch base on is the entire Raven thing. So, so, you know, her whole horrible story was the fact that, you know, Trigon, uh, was basically going to use her to, to take over the world or to destroy the world. I mean, whatever, you know, big bad guys like to do. So now that she seems to be on this path, um, with this Neuron character, do you think that there might be a possibility that we could see the heroes of the world tapping or, you know, calling up Trigon and actually using him to help stop her? I, 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 I have no idea. She looks like she merged with Trigon to a certain degree. Her legs are like just looking like his. She's standing up and she has the four eyes and it is... I, I almost had to stop and take a picture to send it to you because it was just gorgeous. But I've already spoiled enough this of this issue. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back a little bit and kind of pump the brakes. Awesome. Well, my final book this week, I held on to this one for the end because this one is probably the most impactful title coming out of Marvel at the moment, and that is King in Black number four written by Donny Cates, and we've got art from Ryan Stegman. So Dylan is now within the clutches of Null. The heroes have all fallen. Shit's looking bad. You know, even Dylan himself, he, he feels that he has failed. But then all of a sudden, there's a strange voice that Dylan has never heard before in his head. And the true plan starts to unfold. Uh, this is freaking cool because we see, you know, we first we hear, I should say, uh, this voice telling Dylan to just go with it, use his ability, use Null as a conduit to speak to the hive, to help the heroes escape from the symbiotic hold. And he does it. And even you can see the pain, you can feel Dylan's pain as he's breaking all of the heroes out of these symbiote cocoons and, and, and the hold that Null has on them. And then all of a sudden we find out who that voice is. It's the voice of Jean Grey. And at this moment, she's connecting all the heroes using her telepathy. And we see him, uh, we see Doctor Strange bust out his Asgardian God form, you know, because the sound and fire, these things do not hurt symbiotes, not these symbiotes, 
So they've got to use lightning and magic. And now eventually we do get another reveal, the most important reveal of all, Null's weakness. He is the darkness and the weakness for the darkness is the light. And that's when we get a connection to Captain Universe. And the last thing we see in this book is what was the lifeless body of Eddie Brock. Not back to life. I'm not going to try to spoil it like that for you. But let's just say the light might have found a new host. This book is getting crazy. So what's this light? What does this light have the chance of turning and I'm I'm almost guessing we're we're hinting towards Eddie Brock. What do you think this your prediction? What do you think this is going to turn him into? <laughs> A new version of 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 Captain Universe. I mean, Reed Richards basically kind of in the book said, you know, this light we we've been calling it Captain Universe all this time, but it's it's so much more. And Jean Grey kind of hinted that when the light first met Null eons and eons ago and they fought, it was still young. It wasn't prepared to go up against someone uh, the caliber of Null. But as time has progressed, th this thing is is basically like a symbiote, just like a symbiote, but it's a symbiote so what do you of think light. This, why do you think it's choosing Eddie Brock? I mean, look at the character. The guy was a villain and he's a hero. He's so broken. He's so relatable to a certain extent because of that. And I think the dude redeemed himself at the end. And, and it just makes sense that the light would choose him. Okay. Hey, that that is more than enough for me. And, you know, I think this is going to be a heavy hitter. I know every time I go to pick up books for DC, I see the Marvel side and it's just so much King and Black and every issue looks like it is just packing heat. Now, this leads me to my last issue. And guys, I do have to address this, and I have to apologize. We've had two podcasts. Let me address the, the elephant in the room, where I've literally <laughs> has just segued to the end. And we've totally forgot to add my last issue. So I want to make sure from this point forward that doesn't happen again. So we are starting off with <laughs> a Future State Batman, uh, the next Batman 4. We see Batman being choked in a church, and he's being choked by Eric. And they, and this is just to kind of give you a refresher. Batman was getting ready to turn these dudes into City Hall for killing someone. So Eric is just per pretty much trying to protect his wife. Batman says, "Enough is enough." You know, these are just guys and, and girls, and you know they may be, you know, guilty of murder, but he doesn't deserve to die. So he pretty much takes his arm, spikes it into Eric's leg. Eric picks up a stick and then pretty much is getting ready to take on Batman. And then Batman just like talks him out of it. He's like, hey, you know, this is what you guys did. Why did you do it? And once again, it's just reinstated that this guy killed their daughter. Batman pretty much tells him, I don't care. You guys are still going. You're still going to jail. I don't care because you're still you're still criminals, you know, and that's pretty true to Batman. Keep in mind, this isn't the Bruce Wayne and things just get insane. We see Batman hotwire a truck. He's heading to City uh, City Hall. It's 32 blocks, not even an inch down the road. He's overtaken by the magistrate on bikes. Uh, we see him maneuver his way out of that. Then he's overtaken again by another barrage. At that point, though, we see Eric jump out and sacrifice himself to make sure that Sarah and Batman can make it to City Hall. 
Batman gets to City Hall and turns in Sarah anyways, even though Eric kept saying he's the one who killed the dude, Sarah didn't do anything. I thought that part was just ruthless. Then we see Batman get shot because the de- detective, even though asked if he was wearing a bulletproof armored uh, vest, didn't want to get in trouble by her captain. So I thought that was a really cool tidbit too. Now, not to spoil too much with this issue though, because I don't want to do that. Batman confirmed exactly what I was led to believe who who he is. And we get a little snippet of it. A little, you know, it's just a very tiny bit. And then we see another segue and a very special hospital visit pretty much cements it. And the thing is, it doesn't flat out tell you, but if you're reading it and you're paying attention, it's going to tell you. So I'm going to lead you guys off with that. It was definitely, I, I, I got to say this book packed the heat. It kind of dropped it a little bit towards the end. But with that being said, the story and just the revelation of who, who, who Batman really is. I think it, it it's a, it's a, it's a must read. Okay. Um, so obviously since we now know that this Batman is related to Lucius Fox, uh, I'm just joking. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just trying to like, see if you'll say something. Uh, but uh, you've had some more time with this new Batman character, and it certainly sounds like he is a lot different from from Bruce Wayne. How do you feel about this character and having the mantle of Batman? Does he deserve it? So is it a nice change? Where, where you at? Yes and no. I mean, they went head to head last week. I covered that book. I remember talking about that book. Or maybe that was the book I skipped. No, you, you, <laughs> but, you talked about that one. Um, he has to know. He has to know that's Bruce Wayne. So what the hell is he doing? Because this is a guy that knows Bruce Wayne and knows Batman, or I would at least hope so. So I do think, you know, this this Batman does have the potential. He does pack the heat, and he does stay true to the convictions of Batman. You know, if you're a criminal, you're getting arrested, or you're getting, you know, brought down or taken down. This is the same exact guy. Just what the hell are you doing? Like, Give give Bruce back his suit. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to wait uh, for the next episode. Maybe uh, maybe he'll make himself his own original uh, superhero costume once this whole future state thing is done. So I think we are done as far as comic books are concerned for the week. So, uh, I mean, let's, you know, how we do the end of this podcast. What do you have coming up this week? What is super exciting for you? What can't you wait to get your hands on? So I actually have been really, really on the ball with picking up new games, playing them as they come out. This game's a little bit older, but I got a chance to check out the, how, how do you, Valheim or whatever? Valheim. Valheim. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so much fun. It's it, your Viking is pretty much like Viking Minecraft Sims, and I hmm. love it. So well, I've been playing cool. that. We're going to be playing a, a big Mario Kart throwdown with my mom here in a couple of days. You know, I'm going to invite a lot of people of the community to get down and boogie with that. And we were just invited to do another um, stacked up charity drive for uh, the veterans. So I'm pretty excited to kind of get involved with that, too. But, Tom, what about you? Uh, I know you're working on the game. How's that going? Do you have any other things you're working on outside of that? I know, maybe uh, maybe a, a YouTube channel? I mean, we got a YouTube channel, possibly. Um, because of all the video game work that I've been doing lately, um, I think uh, we both talked about it, and it it kind of is a cool idea to possibly just do a uh, another Geekly I don't know if we're going with Geekly Productions or Geekly Studios, um, but we'll have to figure that out. But we're going to we're going to have another YouTube channel and it's going to have some game dev videos, but not only game dev videos. 
we're hoping to add some more content to that channel that's not necessarily in line with what we do here on the talk geekly uh talk geekly side of things so i think that's an awesome venture but also i do have a talk geekly game in the works as well which will be available on ios and android very very soon and i can't wait to share that with you guys and i i'm excited i know you've been kind of letting me know a little bit of the ins and outs of it and i'm just excited to kind of see where you're going with it because i know i know you and i know your determination i know this is going to turn out to be something really awesome and wonderful but with that being said guys you could check us out on our respective links at twitch twitter instagram youtube and all sorts of podcast. If there's a, if you could listen to it, there's we have our podcast on it at Talk Geekly. And as always, Penn, why don't you send us off, man? Keep it geekly. What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Talk Geekly.